I would like to start with a formal apology today. Uh, to me or to whom? No, I would never apologize to you. This is for, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, to the listeners of the Twenty Three Podcast because we had promised them an episode for Christmas and an episode for the Holy Family. And guess who let them down? We did not deliver. We, we, did. we. I noticed you say we. I was here. I mean, I, I did my part. Obviously, no one was too concerned because no one called me to see what happened. So, well, let's put it this way. Michael scared us again. <laughs> hey, I was here. Yes. I was not feeling well the week of Christmas again. And I thought, what are the chances that one person would have COVID the exact same week, two years in a row? And the, the good news is I did not have COVID. you did not have COVID this time. But I, I, I did not feel well. But I'm, I, I did not feel well all of Christmas weekend. It was a pretty rough weekend. But I was here. Good for you. You know took a COVID test and you know how silly is that these days if we don't have COVID we still go out into the world even when we don't feel well well that that is silly <laughs> but but you have a job and you know it's in the contract sure. if you miss a Christmas mass two years in a row that, uh, that's it you're done you're, you'll be no, isn't it yeah. three strikes and you're out that's at least a baseball rule <laughs> this is not baseball <laughs> This is Hello, live. everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. We are back, and again, I'm sure nobody really cared that much, but I just wanted to offer an explanation. You know, those six people do care. They cried all of Christmas. We ruined Christmas. We ruined for, Christmas for, for them. But hey, the good news is we're still in the Christmas season, and this weekend we are... So we, we wrap up the Christmas season this Sunday with the, the baptism of the Lord. Do you still have your Christmas tree up at home? Of course I do. Yeah, you're always, do, do you still have yours? Of course I don't. We, we put it away. I made it to the Epiphany. And then we well, that's pretty good. But this year, the epiphany was the second. I know. Yeah, it, it came quick. I, I just I always like to have things put away before school starts back up with the kids because. Well, see, I don't have to worry about that. Things just get lightning. I, fast. I'll, I'll have it put away before Easter. Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I, I, I put it up late, too, so that I, I do enjoy it. Your tree looks nice, by the way. Thank when you. I was there getting decorations for the church, I admired. How yeah. You always have it in a nice spot. Although, where you place it there in the foyer, do you feel like you're missing out on it when you're sitting in the living room? No, because I sit on the chair where I can see it. Oh, okay. That's good. You know, I like that ambiance of the Christmas tree. At right. Now, I have to ask you a question. Nothing to do with Christmas trees, sure. but a lot to do with the Christmas season, the baptism of the Lord. Do you know your birth date? I, of my baptism? No, I'm asking, do you know the day you were born? Like, uh, yes, I do. That's my birthday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do you know your birthday? Yes, it's July 26th. Okay. Do you know the date of your baptism? I do because on a previous episode of the 23 podcast. I, I put you to the point and you had to figure it out. But no, you looked on my marriage license. Oh, mar or marriage record. In yes. our record. And we decided that my baptism date is September 15th. I have it on my calendar. So now. you're about six weeks old? Yeah. That sounds about right. That's pretty good. That's pretty on the Unless young side Unless it was today. The, the next year. Yeah. It, <laughs> Things have changed. There, there was a time when people were basically Catholics were baptized the day of their birth. You were now. You always tell the story. I was baptized the Sunday after my birth. See, I know I don't even need you for this podcast anymore. I could just tell your stories uh, okay. for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but parents were not terribly involved. My mother was not at my baptism. I know that because she was still bed bedfast. Right, but your father took you to the church. Yeah, with my godparents. And, and my godparents happened to be my oldest brother and my oldest sister. And that priest must have been doing some great baptisms that day. Little did he know 
that he was baptizing a future priest. Baptisms, I don't know. That'd be interesting. Now I have to go back and see who was baptized with me. Maybe Pope Francis was there. Maybe. Yeah. I would, <laughs> no, he was 10 years old by that time. Oh, that's true. Or whatever. Uh, but 11, I think he's uh, 85 now. I, I've i lost track. I know. And, th- and, I'm, and I'm 74. So he Your was, birthdays uh, are. He's a day older. He was born a day before me. Yeah. Isn't that great? He's I, a, I love that your birthdays are the right per, next the, Yeah, the Pope's a day older than I. Okay, so we do know the baptism. Now, do you celebrate baptisms with your kids? I do. I have my girls' baptisms uh, repeating on our calendar each year, and so we'll always do something to commemorate. Sometimes, I think this year for Emery, it was literally like, <gasps> it's your baptism day. She can have an extra cookie for dessert or something okay. like that. Some, some years, we're very intentional about it. I would say this year... Nothing is. I'm, I'm waiting for fa- Facebook. You know how they announce, you know, so and so's birthday today. Oh, they're gonna do baptism. Baptism. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. I I wouldn't hold your breath on that. Yeah. <laughs> Birthdays are, are okay. Pretty good, though. Now I wonder how many people who are listening were baptized other than in church. Were they baptized in a river? Oh. Were, they, were they baptized in a lake? Yeah. Were they baptized in a pool? Yeah. Uh, we won't know unless they let us know. Hello out there. Let us know. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the the host of the show is not a believer whatsoever. It's a secular a secular podcast. But somehow uh, the whole image of Christmas mass, midnight mass came up, and then imagine that on a podcast they went off on a tangent and the, and the conversation changed. We never do, do, do that. Do podcasts go on tangents? Not ours. Uh, but this one did. <laughs> this one did. And uh, he was it was really interesting to me to listen to an uh, and I'll use the word outsider, you know, someone that was not raised in the faith uh, and is not a believer at this point in his adult life, asking things, rituals about baptism. And he was like, why did they dunk them? Why are some of them in a pool? Why are some of them over a bowl? He was like asking all these questions because to him. The symbolism and the ritual is completely meaningless. He's looking at it from a 30,000 foot view. Uh, it was very interesting to hear that yeah. perspective on on baptism itself. I, I don't know if you know that we have one family that has three kids, but the little boy cli- almost climbs into the baptismal font every Sunday <laughs> as the family comes in. But he, he doesn't do it to go into the water, but he's trying to reach for the water that is flowing over. So there's the top bowl yeah. where the water comes and flows down into the big bowl. Yeah. And so he wants to touch the water that's flowing. Mm-hmm. And his dad lets him do it, keeps an eye on him. And one of these days, he's either going to grow out of it or he's going to topple into it. <laughs> uh, Hopefully uh, the first. The former. Yeah. But uh, I think there's something powerful about his theology, the flowing water. So in Catholic theology, we do not have a need that we have to immerse or submerse anybody. Yeah. But on the other hand, we do have to have flowing water. So I can't just dab somebody on the forehead. It's supposed to be flowing water. Three, so, three times. Three times, yeah. 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 Well, and that was a very important part, I remember, when we were dreaming of what a baptismal font would be for our parish to have flowing water, not just the flowing water used during the actual sacrament, but to have constant flowing water you know it's visual it it's audible it's audible it's not edible though 
I mean, I guess you could drink it. I wouldn't. It's potable. Po- <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of baptism this weekend, we are celebrating the baptism of the Lord as we finish up the Christmas season. So should we jump to the gospel? Yes. Why don't we jump? And it is two parts. I'm going to have you do the first part, okay. which is the longer part. I'm, I'm up I, to, I'm up that's to the That's my challenge. New Year's resolution to give you, to be generous to you. Aww. And this then I'll take, be the best I'll take, yet. I'll take the humble second part. You are the definition of humble, my friend. You're oh, on. This, I'm, You're <laughs> this, on. This is where I go. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the part that Michael read should have sounded very familiar. Because we just had this reading during Advent. That is correct. Was it from Luke? Yep. During Advent? Okay. But the part that I read was the, the continuation. So... Uh, in, in Advent, it was all about anticipation of Jesus coming, but now he has come. So we read the second part. Now, if you're following along, you'll see in the actual verses that we read, though, however, we skip over there's 17 a little, there's, to 20. There's a little break. Yeah. So uh, Michael read uh, 15, 15 and, 16. and 16, 15 to 16. I did 21 and 22. So it's only four verses for the gospel. That means I, I can preach a little bit longer. No, no. When the gospel, no, <laughs> no, that's no, not how, that's no. Not how it works. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll Be, keep you moving. You know, people need to know how we think. If it's a real long gospel, then maybe we have to be cautious how how long we can preach because sure. it de- does take longer to read the passage. Yeah. If it's a short one, that's bonus. We for get, us. you got at least <laughs> another minute or two. Oh, at least, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, John is making a distinction he said i baptize with water but one greater than i okay so we talk about the sacrament of baptism and no pun intended but it flows from this image Uh of jesus being baptized Mm -hmm. but it's of course our baptism is not the same as jesus baptism have you asked the question why did jesus line up and get baptized it was a, a a baptism of repentance yeah why did he do that why did Jesus line up and get baptized? Because I'm waiting for the drum roll. Did that record? I hope so. Okay. Uh, because he's like us in all things but sin. So he was born hu- truly human, born of a woman, mm-hmm. growing up, and he identified with sinful people. Not that he was sinful, but he was one with us in all things. So was it basically symbolic? Probably for him. It's like a, a testament to like, I am with you. I am. I am. I, I'm one not. With you. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm one with you. I have not come to save you from the outside in, but from the inside 
that we are I, we are in solidarity. Yeah, I don't I I don't know if you know, but there's always people who like to work with the poor, but find it necessary to live with the poor, to work with the poor. Mm. In other words, they can't just say I'll work with the poor and then in the evening I'll go to my posh uh, home across town and. Uh, I think of Mother Teresa. Yeah. Right. But there's others over the years who have felt that very necessary. And, of course, some people are not able to do that. They're not able to literally live there. Um, maybe their own psyche doesn't accept it or the phrase for that, safety purposes. The phrase that comes into my mind, it's kind of a buzzword now, but is servant leadership, right, that we lead by example. We, we Our leadership causes us to be a servant to others. Um, and I think those those are probably people that are listened to and people that are well respected. Those that walk in solidarity. Well, there's authenticity. Yeah, they they talk the talk, but they walk the walk. Well, even let's let's take it to to a similar idea in clericalism, right? I think there's there's been a culture of clericalism that raises priests on a pedestal. Which, you know, I have the utmost respect for you. Don't put me on a pedestal because then you'll kick it out from under me. <laughs> but I think one of the things I, I've always appreciated about you is that, you know, when when it's time to go on a mission trip with high school students and I was the youth minister, you threw on your jeans and a hoodie and you went and helped build a deck down in Kentucky. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it's still there. Probably not if you, <laughs> if you were building it. I didn't say you did a good job, Oh, it but was, you did it. Was, it was pretty solid. But yeah, <laughs> That's because there were helpers. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I'm saying is, and I know other priests like that too, and not just you, is that, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, that the priest is separate from the people, but, and what does Pope Francis himself said, that our priest should smell like? The sheep. Yes. Take a shower, though. That would be. Yeah. That would be pretty good. Um, so I. I, I like kind of this image of what you're saying, you know, Jesus leading by example, being one with us, because he's saying, guess what? I'm not I'm not going to just say it. I'm going to do it. OK, now let's go to the second part of the gospel reading. After all the people had been baptized and Jesus also. And he was praying. Heaven was opened. I, I always wonder what that means. How can how can heaven open? Well, you know, you think when you think of heaven as a physical place, you picture the clouds opening, like parting or something, and yeah. then there's a big crack through the sky. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously this is uh, imagery of, of a way of trying to describe something that they they experience. Sure. And then the voice, the Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, and the voice, "You are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased." Isn't there another version of this? Where it says, you are my beloved son, listen to him. Yes. Is that at the baptism as well? Or is that Yes. Okay. Uh, th well, there's, let me think. We have this experience at the baptism, and that's recorded in a couple of the Gospels. Mm -hmm. We also have the voice at the transfiguration. That's coming. what I was actually just going to say. But I think listen to him is is from the baptism. Okay. But you caught me off guard. I should have done my research. Sorry. Instead, I just came in from burying the dead. <laughs> People don't know this, but I just came rushing back from the cemetery. It's a corporal work of mercy. I know. So, okay, so we are recording. And uh, so we should probably make some sense out of what we're saying. But uh, I ask if you know knew when you were baptized. Now, do you know 
Did your father ever say to you, you are my beloved son? No, I, I can. I'm pretty confident he never said that to me. I think my dad did say that to me. Yeah. Maybe not in that word, those words. Right. Well, you, my dad said, I love you. Okay. I, I, I know my dad said, I'm proud of you. Sure. Is that the way of saying I'm well pleased? Yeah. My dad would say, I'm proud of you. I think there, you know, it's interesting because you growing up in a different generation than, yeah. than me, than I, than I, than I, um, I think in, in, in previous generations, some parents, especially fathers, probably weren't as willing to say things like that. And certainly uh, different ethnic, ethnic groups were less likely. Sure. And I mean, I, I know people that have, that have said, I've, my father never said I love you yeah. to me. That just wasn't his role, which is funny because the number of times I say I love you to my kids in a single day, it, I probably oversay it. Like, it doesn't even mean anything anymore because I say well, it Well, so I've got to tell you, uh, my father had a stroke, and he lived another four and a half years in the nursing home. Yeah. And I would often say to him before I would leave, Dad, I love you. And he always said something back that I could not understand. Oh, really? Because he had trouble speaking. Mm -hmm. He had trouble hearing, but that was before the stroke. But he had trouble speaking. So I always said, I love you, Dad. And he always said something. And it went. this went on for years. <laughs> I don't know what he said. <laughs> so I choose to say that, I love he, you that too. Uh, maybe he was probably saying to me, oh, I love you more than your brothers. Or, right. I don't know. You're my favorite. <laughs> you're my favorite. I am well pleased. Right. Maybe he was <laughs> You saying, are well pleased. I'm well pleased with you. Yeah. He was saying, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> who let this man into my room? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I, you know what line really struck me when I read the first half, if I may go back to that for a second? Yeah, it's your half. Thank you. The very first line. The people were filled with expectation. When's the last time you were filled with expectation about something? Oh, I think I'm filled with expectation pretty often. You I don't know so? if I'm filled up, but uh, yes, I have lots of expectations. Uh, before before Christmas, certainly I have expectations before almost every Sunday Mass Yeah, uh, that it will be a time to really celebrate the Eucharist. I certainly had, there's those big, big events uh, the dedication of the church building, there were sure. expectations. Yeah, I, th I think I'm a person that I have great expectations do you uh, a lot. Do you think that maybe uh, a word that would go with this is being excited about something, or do you think those are two different things? Those are two different things. I get, you know, people don't believe this, but it's the truth. I get nervous before absolutely every Mass. Really? Yeah. That's why I said people don't believe it. I don't believe now, it. Now, I've, thank you. <laughs> I, I've learned to channel the nervousness into the energy. Sure. But I get, I get nervous before Mass. Uh, Sunday Masses more than weekday Mass. Probably funerals more than almost anything. Sure. And, uh, of course, we just celebrated a funeral. But I, I think for funerals, I get very nervous because I know I'm on sacred ground. Yeah. This is... Holy ground, uh, it's somebody's life and the family is coming together. Talk about expectation. Sure. People come with a, maybe a hope. It depends on what their experience has been. Maybe they have an expectation that this funeral celebration will help me with my grief. Mm. They do have expectations. They, that, that through the liturgy, whether it's the words 
or the music or whatever it may be. Well, you know, the genius of the Catholic uh, funeral liturgy is all of the above. Sure. It is the music. I better say that because you're there. That was kind of Uh, Yeah. It's certainly the scripture readings and the homily, but it's it's even more than that. It's it's the Eucharist itself because what we're celebrating is all about life and death and life. All right. Well, if you all allow me to segue there then. So that, that brings me back to the question, and this is for all six of you listening as well. When was when is the last time we were filled with expectation coming to Mass? Because I think Catholics are very good at going through the motions, showing up because we're supposed to, just kind of being there. If I if I may. Yeah. Post COVID, as people return, mm-hmm. a lot of people came with great expectations and yeah. great desire and hunger. Mm-hmm. I need to be back. I can't wait to be back. I'm expecting that this will feed me. Sure. I believe for many of them, they were justified with that expectation, and it was it was exactly on target. For others, I have no idea. So I, um, and we, we also have people. <laughs> we could do that. We could do a poll as people come in church this weekend. Are you filled with expectation? <laughs> Please come in. If, are you expecting too much? Maybe you should go somewhere else. Okay. We have four, <laughs> four doors. We have four greeters there. The high expectation doors Door to the right. One, right. And, and the low expectations to the left. We can let people sort themselves. <laughs> but you know, maybe, maybe that is a good takeaway though, to be filled with expectation and the things that God can do. I, I, I know the music has started, but I, I just saw somebody this week, you know, they were talking about the new year and they were saying, you know, sometimes I think we limit what God is capable of doing in our prayer. Let's pray for radical things. Let's pray for God to eradicate things off the face of the earth that don't build the kingdom of heaven, you know. Um, so let's be filled with expectation and see where God goes this okay, year. Okay, and if they expect something great from this podcast... Keep expecting. Yeah, yeah. Have a low bar for that. Okay. All right, we'll see. You. We'll see. You. Bye.